We are starting a new series tonight called The Voice. All right? The Voice. Hearing God's voice in a noisy life. You know, I think it's pretty common today for people to say, like, you know, I can't hear God's voice, or I don't think God is speaking to me. Anybody ever wondered if God was speaking to you? I have. Like, it's okay. We can be honest. Like, like I'm not sure he really knows, or he's got things, you know, like, I, I'm not sure. And that's pretty normal for us to wonder that. But but here's the thing. The truth is, the fact is this, that God is always speaking to us, okay? God is always speaking. The problem usually, the problem is on our end. It, it has to do with whether or not we are, are, are in tune to what he has to say, and there's many reasons why we don't always hear God's voice, okay? I'm going to give you guys a little analogy here, okay? This is a radio, okay? A little shower radio. It's waterproof. came out of our shower. Um, do what? Yeah it's, yeah, it's a shower radio. That's why it says Conair. Yeah. Um, so now, right now, it's not on, but are the radio stations still sending signal to the radio right now? Yes, right? All I got to do is... The bill moves to the Senate where it could go... Turn it on. That's 88.1. That's a Christian station. Um, I don't know why they're talking about the bill, but yes. <laughs> when you turn it off, that everything stopped. Yeah, then that's the same concept here that, you know, when you turn it off, it's still going. And... You know, but we, and so we have to make sure we're listening. We have to be tuned in, but sometimes we get a little off, right? We get a little sideways and we get this static and that lovely sound because we're not quite in tune. And other times we do just turn it off and we say, you know what? I don't want to hear it, but it's still going. So tonight we're going to look at Samuel. If you want to turn to your Bibles, 1 Samuel 3, again, it's on the U version, but 1 Samuel chapter 3 is where we're going to hang out tonight. Um, we'll talk about how Samuel tuned in to what the Lord had to say. I'm going to start with verse 1, I'm going to read all the way to verse 21. I'm going to read 21 verses, starting in 1 Samuel 3, verse 1. It says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. So he's in bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called to Samuel, and Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called to me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and, said, here, to, and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel laid down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel said, here I am. 
What was it he said to you, Eli asked? Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, He is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. So let's look a little bit of context here. We just read that whole chapter, but, but, we can, but it kind of helps to know what was, was, was happening around this. Now, what's going on here? They're in the period of the judges. This is after Israel has escaped from Egypt. They're in the promised land, but they don't have a king yet. This is before King Saul shows up. Um, they have what's called judges, which are these tribal leaders, and so who would raise, God would raise up to help lead the people. Um, so they've got these judges, the covenants established, the people are loving and serving God, they got altars and sanctuaries. But as the years pass, they get very comfortable. They get familiar with their surroundings, and they begin to kind of drift a little bit. They they start to lose interest and they get they really just become preoccupied with their own interests. It's really the problem. They're just, you know, they didn't really abandon God, but they just put some new stuff in. They added these other kind of, you know, things that, that were up alongside God, these other interests, and they lost track of God's plan for them. And then a new generation of children grew up who just abandoned God and pursued their own pleasure. So, we, so, so we've got this, this, uh, this situation where the people are beginning to abandon God and pursue their own thing. They just want what, what's good for them. And that's when Samuel is born now. Samuel's mother was barren. That means she couldn't have a kid. And you're like, well, how is she his mother? Well, God did a miracle. And she, she told God, if you will give me a son, I'll give him to you. I'll give him back. He'll serve you. So she had Samuel. Samuel, or she, she takes Samuel to Eli to serve in the temple. So Sa- Samuel's a kid. He's a boy. And he's serving in the temple with Eli, who's a priest. Now, Eli's sons were part of this generation that was, was not serving God. They had abandoned God, and Eli knew that. And we're going to come back to that in a little bit. But, um, so that's kind of the situation here. So now we've got, we've got this crazy thing where Samuel, who shouldn't have even been born because his mom was barren, now not only is he born, but he's hearing from God. And so we're going to look at three aspects of this, of how he hears from God in this situation, okay? The first, and, and how it applies to us, the first thing we have to do when, if we want to hear God's voice, we have to learn who God is, okay? We have to learn who God is first and foremost because the more we understand who God is, the more we can recognize when he is speaking, right? Right? You know, uh, when I, was, when I was in high school and college, you know, Christina, I, t- I talk about her quite often. She uh, is before we were even dating, back when we were just friends, back when we didn't all have cell phones, we actually had to call each other's houses to talk, which I know y'all don't really understand. That's okay. Um, but back in my day, we actually had to call the other person's house. And so I'd call her, I'd call Christina's house, and, and uh, her mom would pick up, but they sound like the same. Like her and her mom are the same person. And so her mom would pick up, and she'd go, hello, and I would think it was Christina. And like, hey, what's up? And I start having a conversation, and Miss Stout would just play along, Sharon. She would just go along with it until I asked a question she didn't know the answer to. She'd be like, I don't know. Hold on. Let me get Christina. I'm like, we've been on the phone for 10 minutes now, you know, and she did it all the time. But the more I got to know Christina, the, more, the closer we got, the more I knew, wait a second, that's Sharon. That's not, that's not Christina because I began to know her, you know. Our, our, at our church back in Florida, 
our acoustic player's name was Danny, a really good acoustic player, really, really good acoustic guitar player. And uh, he was my age. Yeah, he and I graduated together, actually. We didn't know each other in high school. Went to the same high school, met each other about eight years later at, at this church. And it was funny because every Sunday morning, we had early, man, our practice started early. It was like 7.30 or something like that because we, we had two services and so. So, and, and we had Thursday night practice, too. So every rehearsal we ever had with that band, at about five minutes till, Micah, who was our worship leader, would get a text from Danny. And that text would say, running a few minutes late, I'll be there about 10 after. And it happened every service. Like, it happened every rehearsal. We began to expect it. Like, Micah's phone would ring at five minutes of rehearsal, and we would all be like, okay, there's Danny's text. He's going to be a little late. He never got up any earlier. You know, he was always five minutes, five to ten minutes late to practice. And, and we knew this, and we knew it was going to happen because we had built relationship with him. You know, we loved him. He was a good guy, good guitar player, loved Jesus, but he ran late on that one, you know. And so, but we knew that ahead of time. Because we had built, built up this relationship with him. And it's the same way with God. You know, the more intimate we are with God and the more we, time we spend with him and get to know him, the more we can know, you know what? That's his voice. That's not an imposter. You know, anybody here watch, uh, like, like, you know, in superhero movies, like I was thinking of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Anybody watching Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Shadow, a few of y'all. Okay. So at one point in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this last season, there was a, you know, they had one of these transforming things or like old, old Mission Impossible movies is what it makes me think of too, where, they, where it's like an imposter. Somebody looks like a member of their team, but it's not really them, and they start to ask them questions to make sure it's really them or if it's the imposter disguised as them. It's the same way. We have to begin to recognize God's voice by spending time in his word so that we know what he's going to say. Because I'm going to tell you this, and some people are like, you know, well, God told me to do this, but it goes straight against the Bible, then that's not God. Okay, if somebody tells you, God told me to do this, and it goes against what Scripture says, that's not God. That's somebody else pretending to be God, and they're getting confused, okay? So, because we have to know that. Verse 7, it, it talks about this in the Scripture. It says that Samuel wasn't able to recognize God's voice yet. Right? It said, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So, he doesn't know God's voice. He hasn't got familiar with it yet. And so he has to, he, he's confused. He doesn't know what he's hearing. He thought it was Eli. And he's like, nope, that's not me. That's God. Because Eli did have a relationship with God. He knew. And, you know, Samuel was working in the church. He served. And I'm sure he knew how to say all the right things. He knew how to say the religious things. He knew how to do the right things. Um, he went through the right motions. But he didn't know what God sounded like yet. He didn't know what God sounded like. Because knowing God is not about history or book knowledge, and those things are fine, but it's about relationship with him. That's when you begin to really know what the voice of God sounds like, and you begin to make decisions based on that. It's about being ready to hear from him. Now, the second thing we got to do once we know, like, okay, that's, that's him. That's him talking. Then we got to listen to him. Then we got to listen to his voice. In slide 10, it said, your servant is listening. Okay, we have to be in a position to hear. I'll go back to the, uh, to, to the phone call analogy. You know, if, if I was on the phone with Christina and I had got her mom off the phone, I figured out, okay, that's not, it's not now, now I'm on the phone with Christina and she's talking to me about some shoes she bought or something and I'm not listening, then there's not much point in being on the phone, right? Like if, right, if she's talking and I'm kind of zoned out or, you know, if I'm, you know, nowadays in 2014, if I'm FaceTiming, uh, 
with, with my current girlfriend now. She lives in Florida. If I'm FaceTiming with Jen, but I've got the TV on in the background and I'm not paying attention to what she's saying, I'm watching the TV over her, there, you know, there's no point in having that communication because we're, we're, you know, we're not listening. So we have, to, we have to put ourselves in a position to listen to God's voice. And you know what? Sometimes that means we got to turn the TV off. we got to turn the, put the phone on airplane mode so we don't get the text and the, and the distractions while we're trying to read. we got to, you know, do what, do what it takes to do so that we can focus and listen to what God's saying. Because if we're distracted, how many of your moms ever been like, are you even paying attention to what I'm saying? How many of y'all have heard that? Yes, all of y'all's hand just went up, right? Right? And, and I, I've been there too, trust me, a bunch of times. You know, uh, like, like when I was, I'd be sitting on the couch, and my dad would stand between me and the TV, but not quite. He's like just to the side, and so I'd be kind of looking at him, but looking back at the TV, right, trying to watch as he like, just, you know, put the closed captioning on so you can still see what they're saying. And so we have to put those things aside so that we can hear what he's saying. Now, what are the reasons that we might not do that? Sometimes we're afraid of what we might hear. I've been there, like. Oh, I know what he wants me to do, and if I ask him, he's going to tell me that thing he already told me, but I don't want to go do it. It's hard. Sometimes we may have to change something or do something that's uncomfortable, and we know that God's going to ask us to do that, so instead of asking, we just don't. It's like, it's like when you're a kid, and, and or you, know, you want to ask your mom for something, but you know what the answer is already, so you just don't ask, right? Same thing. Same thing. Uh, we might be listening to other voices, you know, and sometimes those are well-meaning voices, you know. Um, but sometimes we just let other people get in the way of what God's trying to say, and we're listening to them. We're listening to our friends or our teachers and parents, and, and, you know, and teachers and parents and friends and pastors are all good, but God's voice is the primary one we've got to be listening to because sometimes even, uh, even our friends and our parents and our teachers and our pastors don't have, aren't in that conversation with us and God. So we've got to make sure, or we just don't believe he's speaking. We think it's somebody else, and, and again, if we are in a relationship with him, we'll know that it's him. In the book of John, uh, it says, you know, I, Jesus says, my sheep know my voice and they listen to me. Yes, ma'am. Is it hard to know when God is speaking? You know, it can, especially early in your relationship with him. That's, what, that's, that's the whole point of this. You know, the more you do it, the easier it is. Just like with anything, the more you do something, the better you get at it. Right? The more you practice an instrument, you know, of course, I'm a musician. That's where my mind actually goes. The more I play the guitar, the easier it gets. Right now, I haven't played my trumpet in a couple weeks, and it's going to be really hard when I pick up my trumpet the next time because I haven't practiced. And I'm going to sound like poop for a few days until I get back into shape. So the more we do it, the easier it gets to hear his voice. Whatever our excuse might be, though, it doesn't change who God is and what he's saying to us. We just have to make sure that we are... No, recognizing his voice and listening to his voice. But that, and that brings us to number three. Because here's the thing. If your dad says, take out the trash. Now you recognize your dad's voice. You know who it is. And you've heard his instruction. But what, what's the final step in this transaction here? Getting up and taking out the trash. Yeah, you've got to obey you got to oh, live it out. you got to obey his voice, right? It, it doesn't do us any good to recognize God's voice and to hear God's voice and to listen to it and then sit on the, on the couch and ignore it. Okay, I was reminded of this yesterday. Uh, when Wes and I were little kids, you know, we'd have like little, little jello pudding snack 
you know, cups, whatever, you know, or go-gurts, whatever. We'd have little snacks around the house. Um, and Wes and I had this bad habit of leaving our trash where we ate, right? Like we'd eat on the couch, and the trash would stay on the end table. Well, Mom and Dad did not like that too much, and this is back when we were young. We shared a bed when we were little. And, uh, you know, and so Mom and Dad were not fans of us leaving our trash. And so my dad always used to say, I'm going to make you guys sleep with the trash. Y'all keep leaving trash everywhere. I'm going to dump the trash can in your bed. I don't care what's in it. And, uh, and one night, he had the trash can, like, over our bed, perpendicular, like, he never did have to dump it, but he came really close one time. And I remember that because we recognized his voice, we heard his voice, but until we started actually acting on it, we weren't, you know, it wasn't useful, okay? We have to start acting on it. This is the most difficult part. Because, like, especially in this story, he asked Samuel to do something hard. Samuel respects Eli. Eli is his mentor, kind of a father figure to him. And he's like, dude, you got to go to, God's like, Samuel, go tell Eli that his house is screwed up and he knew about it and he didn't do nothing about it, so his house is cursed. Like, that's a hard word to bring the priest. And so, but he's got to do it. That's what he says. Um, That's what, in verse 18, West verse 18 up there. It says, so Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Right? So, so all this bad stuff that Samuel had. Samuel was the bearer of bad news, literally. And he had to go and talk to him. But that was really hard for him to do. Because Eli knew about the sins in his family, but he chose to ignore them. And so Samuel had the tough task of going, okay, Eli, you're a grown man. I'm a little kid, but you're not paying attention to God. So God sent me to give you this news. Right? And that's really hard to do. Okay, sometimes God calls us to do crazy stuff. And Eli actually shows a lot of grace here. Eli responds very well. He says, let the Lord do what is good in his eyes. He says, you know what? What God's will is 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 okay with me because he's God, and that's that's what's up. And so Eli had to hear it from Samuel, but Samuel had to obey to tell Eli. And they both responded correctly. This is is an example. You know, there are places in Scripture, I don't know if you all know this, there are places in Scripture where it, the story is not there for you to do like they did. The story is there and as an example so you can know not what to do. This is an occasion where you should do what they did. This is a, this is, you know, next week we're going to talk about one of those other situations. But this one here is a really good one where, uh, where both Samuel and Eli heard the voice of the Lord and they followed it and they lived it out um, you know, and, and, and because, because Eli knows that God is the one speaking, he knows that Samuel cares about him. That's why he's able to react with such grace. How do you react when somebody tells you something that you don't want to hear? You know, with somebody who you know loves you, you know they've got your best interest at heart, but they tell you something you don't want to hear. It's very easy for us to get defensive. And, and again, next week we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Balaam and his talking donkey. So uh, you're going to want to be here next week. It's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, there's a talking donkey in the Bible. And so we have to make sure that when God speaks to us, we know his voice, we listen to it, and then we act on it. And that's the hardest part. It really is. That's the hardest part of this. But, but we have to make sure that we've got, we're tuned in and we're ready, ready to act on it. I want, you to, I want you to think about, you know, maybe something that God's been telling you, something that, that you might have been kind of trying to avoid. And again, I've been there. I've been there. Um, 
And so if y'all close your, close your eyes and bow your heads, and we're just going to pray real quick. And I want you guys to, to ask the question of God. God, is there something that you've been trying to tell me? And, and, and then listen and, and resolve to, to follow along with what it is he's got to say. God, I pray that tonight you would speak to us. God, that, that we would become more and more used to hearing your voice, that we would uh, seek after you, and we would uh, put ourselves in a position to get to know your voice if we're not used to hearing it. God, let us get to the, let us begin to seek it and, and get to the point where we, we know what it sounds like and we know when you're the one speaking and we know that we can test, test it against the Bible because you're not going to contradict yourself. And God, I pray that we would listen, that we would not just recognize your voice, but then we would make the conscious choice to, to listen to what it is you have to say and to let it sink in and to let your word uh, saturate into our hearts and our minds. God, and then the deepest, the hardest part is, is, is acting on it. Lord, you know the things that you have called us to do. And, and God, I pray that you would give each of us, and I include myself, God, give us courage to stand up for what we believe in, to, to follow after your call. When you put something on our hearts, when you put something for us to do, Lord, let us not wimp out. Let us not, uh, you know, shy away from, from those things, God, but let us be bold and proud and strong, God, and do what it is you have called us to do. God, I pray that you would speak to us, that your voice would be clear, that your uh, your word would be made known to us and your will would be made known to us, God, so that we can better follow you and we can better be disciples, uh, God, like you've called us to do. God, we love you. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen.